Welcome back to Sundays are for the Boys. I'm your host, Nathan Jones, joined once again by Avery C. Cowboys fans, we lost to the Rams. It's time to accept it. There's five stages of grief, and acceptance is the last one. So let's just, we'll just talk about the game, what went wrong, um, maybe some of the good things we saw. It's going to be hard to see those, but... Um, yeah, I think we should just get this episode over with, Avery. <laughs> what about you? Um, try to nail it and look forward. I mean, we're going to have a lot of stuff to talk about in the soft season. Even though we don't have a first-round pick because we traded for Amari Cooper, and it's the Cowboys, it's going to be a crazy offseason. But first, let's dive into this Rams divisional round loss. Avery, in your opinion, what went wrong for the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, Well, almost everything went wrong for True. the Dallas Cowboys, you know? Uh, Dak had an alright game, you know, he missed some throws, and he made some throws. Uh, the big thing was the offensive line did not generate enough push against the Rams' defensive line, and Zeke was held to under 50 yards. That was the main thing. Yeah, and it wasn't even Aaron Donald. We talked a bunch about Aaron Donald, and for good reasons, he's 20.5 sacks on the year. But Ndamukong Sue, he just ate Joe Looney or the center alive. I mean, I think that was Joe Looney's. He, he, Joe Looney's had a pretty good season this year. Like, you know, he's he's playing in place of Travis Frederick, who's dealing with that autoimmune disease. But this game, Joe Looney played his worst game as a Dallas Cowboy. And on the defensive side of the ball, the hot boys were not so hot. What did you see from the Cowboys' defense? Yeah, the linebackers could not get off blocks. You saw some, a couple times Sean Lee especially on that golf run to seal the game. Sean Lee couldn't get off his block. But, yeah, you know, Chris Richard was yelling at them. Uh, you know, Jalen Smith and Van Der Esch and those linebackers. And Sean Lee. <laughs> yeah, and Sean Lee because they, they were not playing to where they could have been. And then also Xavier Woods, I did not think, had a very good game at no. all. You saw that. He took that bad angle on Gurley when he ran that 35-yard touchdown. and yeah. He did not have a good game either. That's why you don't want to just look at, you know, the box score because he looked at the box score on defense. Xavier Woods, eight tackles, second tied for second, most tackles on the team behind Jalen Smith. But anytime when you have a safety that high in tackle numbers, you know it's bad for the overall defensive yeah. front seven. I mean, it wasn't just the linebackers. The defensive tackles couldn't get anything going. We thought they had a clear advantage, and I think nine out of ten games, if they were to do this same matchup again, the defensive line would win. But, I mean, that's the what's good and bad about football. Yeah. Um, in the NFL, it's not a basketball game or hockey best out of seven. It's just who shows up that one particular game, and the Hot Boys didn't show up. And it's and we kind of talked about their offense a little bit on some ways they can trick you up with those tight bunch sets. We talked about that, and they would have like two receivers chipping Demarcus Lawrence, so he never got just a straight rush to anybody. So he yeah, can't generate the power. The running back usually wasn't chipping. It was all it was a wide receivers, which. It made him have to do different angles to the QB and everything like that. Right, and then they would just be able to double-team Antoine Woods and Malik Collins. I think that was their worst game this year. I mean, our whole defense, that was definitely, I think we can agree, over 250 yards on the ground allowed. I mean, that's yeah. not going to win ball games. No. You can have Aaron Rodgers on the other side at quarterback. You can have Tom Brady. You can have any quarterback in the history of the NFL, and the most of the time you will never win that game. And if you look at all these games, this divisional round, all the teams that won were able to establish the run and have a quarterback that just didn't make crucial mistakes. I mean, Jared Goff, Jared Goff beat Dak Prescott. Like, that's the headline, right? Yeah. No, he didn't. Dak Prescott had a way better game than Jared Goff. Jared yeah. Goff missed way more throws. Dak wasn't not perfect, but Jared Goff missed double the amount of bad 
throws as Dak Prescott did. Yeah. If it wasn't for Dak, my opinion, if it wasn't for Dak Prescott, we would not be in that game. Oh yeah. What that, do you think about Dak? That's Prescott? what I think about that. You know, Dak had an all right game. He missed some throws. He made some throws. He was able to read some coverage that touchdown to Amari Cooper. Uh, you know, they were able to tell they were in the base defense. I believe it was cover one, and uh, Joiner was on Cooper, and that safety overplayed it, and he just dumped it down to Cooper for that touchdown. But then you look at Goff, and like we said, uh, one of our other podcasts, if you generate pressure on Goff. He's going to make bad throws. And the, and I can remember three times we put pressure on Goff, and every one of those throws was bad, overthrown, or in the dirt. So, I mean, we didn't generate pressure on Goff. He still didn't play great. I mean, he didn't even throw over 200 yards because that Rams running game was so dominant. Yeah. And it wasn't like, you know, you see Dak sometimes throw for less than 200 yards, but he's efficient. Jared Goff was like six yards per throw. Like, it was not an efficient game by Jared Goff. It's a shame that we couldn't get any hands on the like the balls in the air. But I mean, their offense, Sean McVay, give him props. He he knows how to scheme up wide open receivers. Mm-hmm. I mean, our cornerbacks, Byron Jones and Shido Bouzier, they were on their heels the whole game. They couldn't break on any routes. They were scared of getting beat over top because we had to bring that safety in the box. So they know they don't have a, a necessarily safety help behind them, and so everything in front of them was just free for grabs, and it just. Really depressing that the defense has carried them this far, and then they dropped the ball. You saw Dak Prescott after the game. That's what he basically said. He's like, no, don't be hating on this defense. We wouldn't be here without this defense. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but he, he said something to the effect, there's been many games when the offense has not done our job, and we only won because of the defense. And so Dak was just mad that the offense couldn't produce anything. It was just It was one of those games that the score did not reflect how – the game went. It was not an eight-point game. It felt and basically was a 20-point game. Yeah. It, it, I mean, Dak, you know, that there was almost that pick six. If that was a pick six, it would be a completely different game, you know? Oh, there's so many There's so many ifs in that game, though. Yeah. It's like that one play, that one sack at the end of the half that they called. The yeah. one sack our team allowed was not a sack. They yeah. said they called the whistle early, but Lyle Collins grabbed Dak Prescott and tried to move him away. That was crazy yeah there were some holding calls missed um the hands of the face he got there but to byron do, jones yeah but do you it's like it's third and 14 and he's in bump cover like against brandon cook yeah like, it's it's one of those things where it's like you can let some calls go i mean i don't think it was that big of a deal but hey i wasn't officiating the game yeah i mean for the listeners who don't remember that play he did not just jam his fist into his face mask he was tr- jamming in his chest and his hands slipped up like it was it was not an aggressive you know you know, purposeful hands to the face penalty. No, or I, like yeah, that. Byron Jones, he's the nicest guy. Yeah, there's several penalties like that. I if you look at the total, I think both teams got penalized like four times for 40 yards. So it was technically a fair officiated yeah. game, but as a Cowboys fan, it never feels like that. <laughs> so if you could say the one player that had the worst game on that team. Who do you, who on the Rams or Cowboys? On the Cowboys. Oh, man. The worst game. You know, I, I was watching Van Der Esch a couple times, and he did not have a good game. He was not the wolf hunter we had seen all season. He, he was not getting anything. I mean, he was getting blocked. He, would be, he missed a couple tackles. I mean, it wasn't a great game from him or Xavier Woods. I think, I think he had three missed tackles. Yeah, it was, it was not... We're not accustomed to seeing, you know, uh, that Van Der Esch missed tackles, and he was doing that this game. I mean, it was just, 
it was a sloppy game by the defense, you know. I don't think really anyone played a good game. Yeah, and some people might say it's because he split time with Sean Lee. No, that's not what happened. If you look at the flow of the game, Van Rash was getting exposed, so they're like, okay, let's put veteran Sean Lee. And Sean Lee did make some plays. That last drive of the game that the Cowboys, they need to force a a punt so they get the ball back and try to score with like a minute left. The first down, Sean Lee had a a tackle for only a two-yard gain, right? But then that last play, the bootleg play action with Jared Goff when he ran for a first down, Jeff Heath was sucked into the play action. You know, he yep. wasn't even paying attention to Goff. And I'm in that circumstance, like, okay, Jeff Heath, you're playing at Sean McVay, one of the most aggressive coaches. You really think they're just going to do, like, a, a normal run, like, up the middle on third and seven? But anyways, so, yeah, Jared Goff bootlegged, and then Sean Lee just couldn't get off the block. And that... That was the worst part. Like, that was the saddest part of the game because Sean Lee would make that play all the time, just two years ago, you know? Yeah. He's accustomed to... But he's he's losing some of his aggressiveness because his body's been letting him down. Um, yeah. I would say the person I think had the worst game would be Joe Looney, mm-hmm. like I said earlier. I, I'll say... I'll be kind of cheap and hyphenate. Looney, Collins. <laughs> Collins, uh, Joe Looney was terrible in run blocking. Collins was terrible in pass blocking. Just off the line of scrimmage, too. Like, he just couldn't get hands on people. And these defensive ends and offensive linebackers aren't the fastest guys in the world. Like, they're pretty average in strength and speed. But he couldn't even get his hands on them. And so we'll talk about this later in the podcast. But, you know, the Cowboys should consider maybe replacing... Lyle Collins. It wasn't just against the Rams. It's been all season. He struggled. He's allowed the most sacks on the whole entire offensive line. But let's end this segment talking about something positive. Is there anybody that you saw against the Rams that leaves you feeling optimistic about them heading into the next season? Yeah, uh, Michael Gallup. He had a, he had a great game. Uh, first time all season he surpassed the 100-yard receiving mark. He was targeted uh, nine times, six receptions for 119 yards. Um, he was Dak's kind of go-to receiver. It was a mix between him and Amari Cooper. You know, um, it was Beasley was limited this game, and it, it definitely showed with our offense and on third down efficiency. You know, uh, one for ten on third down is not going to cut it at all. You know, that's 10% of the time you're going to keep your offense moving on third down, which Against the Rams, you're going to need to score points. Yeah. And, but for the most part, Gallup, I'm encouraged about what he's done all season. Uh, he's only gotten better, in my opinion, and I'm excited to see what he does on this offseason and uh, beginning of next season. Definitely. And that Amari Cooper trade, yes, it benefited Dak Prescott tremendously, but I think the other person that um, benefited was Michael Gallup. Yeah. I mean, he's facing a lot of man-on-man coverage, like no safety over top, so... I mean, you've seen him do some great routes and get open downfield. Give it another offseason with Dak Prescott and that rest of the wide receiver group. I, I, I expect them to be just take it up a notch even more. So that's exciting to watch next season. I totally agree with you. My player that I would choose out of this game would be our rookie left guard, Connor Williams. There's been a lot of talking about Suofilo or Connor Williams. I've been on the side recently the past like three weeks that we need to stick with Connor Williams. And he showed us why. He was playing against Aaron Donald, the Defensive Player of the Year, and I went play-by-play just a few hours ago and watched Williams, and he was amazing. Yeah, there's a, Don- there a few. There's like two plays that he actually threw Donald to the ground. 
and he's not even a big guy. And so I think for him, give it an off season when he can get in a weightlifting program, I think he'll be a tremendous, a tremendously better player next year. Yeah, and and Donald was, I didn't even. It's the first half. You know, he didn't do anything. It's he made like, two tackles all game. Yeah, you didn't hear his name the whole first how, half. You know. There wasn't a whole lot of pressure generated from him. It didn't seem like, you know, Connor Williams did a, a very good job against, you know, the defensive player of the year. Yeah, and that one play that Don did get a um, run, a tackle for a loss, rather, I mean, that was Joe Looney's fault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he didn't block him. He just went right through him off the line of scrimmage. And so Connor Williams had a great game. I think if you're Connor Williams, you have to be pretty happy of how you played. Yeah. People did not expect that performance. People were saying that's going to be the matchup to keep an eye on, and... It wasn't that bad. He played a very... I would say that's... Given the circumstance, that was his best game as a Cowboy. And so, going into the offseason, um, there's a lot of... There's going to be a lot of changes that are going to happen. And that's very encouraging. So now, Avery, I'm going to ask you a question about the offseason. What do you think, personnel-wise, what do you think is the biggest need for the Cowboys? A hole that they have to fill to make them a contender? Well, I want to say it's either safety or tight end, but I st- I don't I honestly don't know. These tight ends have, you know, they we have a lot of tight ends that we are developing. You know, we have a lot of work in progress tight ends. You know, Rico, Schultz, and Jarwin had that big game, but we haven't had a tight end this year that was like a big impact player. You know, all season who Dak can go to all game. You know. Yeah, they've clearly missed the presence of Jason Witten, oh, not just clearly. his leadership. But just on third downs, even the last year when he was with us in 2017, he wasn't. I mean, he wasn't great. He was not the Jason Witten, the vintage Jason Witten with the helmet blowing off when he's and run after catch. He wasn't that player. But on third downs, I mean, you have Beasley and Witten. That was a huge mismatch these past few years, and he's a safety blanket for Dak Prescott. But we need someone. I agree with. You. I think it's safety or tight end. I wrote an article on Dallas Football News, and I said tight end, then safety. I would say tight end, one, safety, one, B, right? They're mm-hmm. so close together. They just need to address one of those positions, and I would like them to go grab a veteran in these positions to be a, just a plug-in starter. Jesse James is a guy I would look for for tight end from Pittsburgh. I think he could come in, and he would be good at run blocking, and he could stretch the field and make some key yeah, plays. And coach up these young tight ends also. Exactly. Yeah, he wouldn't be a long-term. So I still think Jarwin and Schultz, I mean, they're young players. I still think they should be the long-term goal. But I think this the window is the next four years. Yeah, we need an impact player now. We need one now. And that's, for safety, I'm going to go ahead and say it, Earl Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> we can always get Earl Thomas. You know, he's he's a coming off of, He's safety, a reliable yeah. safety. He's coming off a broken leg, which for any injury, that's actually one of the better ones to come off of. You know, it's not a, any cartilage or ligament issues. Right, so he should be able to come back from that and play at a high level once again. But also, they have a they get a home field discount on him. You know, he's mm-hmm. played at University of Texas, and so he's already talked about how he wants to come to the Cowboys. He said that already. So I think if we can get, but the trick is they just can't throw money at them. They have to make sure they get a good deal, or yeah. they have to rely on the draft. And the way the Cowboys have been drafting, I fully believe that if they want to get a player, they can get the, get a player. And so I think that's the biggest need for the Cowboys organization as a whole. What do you think's the first thing they should do though? Personnel wise, coaching wise, staff wise, everything. Uh, get rid of Scott Linehan. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen. There's a lot of talks that we were going to, you know, bring him back next season. I, I don't want that. 
thing with me is I think Dak has not even reached his full potential as a QB. Right. I mean, if you get an offensive coordinator in there that is smart and knows what he's doing kind of thing, it will. I think Dak's just going to get better, and this whole offense would get better. I don't. I really don't want to see Scott Linehan come back and we just see a boring high school offense. It's just right. what it seems like. I want him gone. I think a lot of Cowboys Nation wants him gone. But, you know, the front office, they have other plans in mind is what it sounds like. But, you know, we'll have to keep a watch on for that. But I, I don't want Scott Linehan back. Yeah, Scott Linehan's, like, scheme and his philosophy works when you have the best offensive line in football, right? The best yeah. offensive line in a, in a decade. Right, but you can't rely on having every single part of your offense healthy. Right, you have to be able to adapt, and I don't think that's a type of style of football that adapts when you run it. When we go into the jumbo package, right? I thought that was a stupid play call. We're trying to convert on fourth and one. We go jumbo package, bring an extra lineman to block. Right, that's. But how are they defeating you? They're beating you in the middle. So yeah, they're getting pressure you, all game, why so why are we going to run middle? right at them? What they need to do is spread it out, have a college-style offense. That's the way the NFL is evolving. You see Pat Mahomes, you know, Sean McVay, Cliff Kingsbury is now with yeah. Arizona Cardinals. So it's becoming more of a pass-happy, more of a um, play-action, get-out-of-the-pocket, that type of league. And so I think Dak Prescott can thrive in this era. I think it's opening up to be built for Dak Prescott. Yeah. He obviously has to work on his touch on the ball and accuracy, but I think Scotland Hans is not going to help him improve in those areas. He's the one successful quarterback he's groomed was Matt Stafford. But I don't know if Matt Stafford's going to be able to win you any games, right? Yeah. I mean, he's he's a good quarterback, but... Has Matt Stafford won a playoff game ever? I don't think so. I don't think he's won a playoff game yet. Not that I can remember. The Lions, I mean, you can't blame it all on... Matt Stafford, obviously, because oh, yeah, no. their whole team has gone through a lot of changes. But, yeah, I think I agree with you. Scott Lennon has to go. Who are they going to get in replace of him? I don't know, because all these jobs are getting filled already. And mm-hmm. the Cowboys, the one caveat is the Cowboys, the their coaches, Jason Garrett and that staff, they're coaching the Pro Bowl, which is it's almost like a, that's like a, it's so funny, though, to it's me. It's the past three seasons, haven't they coached the Pro Bowl? I yeah, think it's, I think, yeah. I think I saw some on Twitter. Where it's like, hey, Cowboys. It's you know we may have lost this playoff game, but hey, at least we get the coach in the Pro Bowl again. Oh, there's gonna be so just... many. There's gonna be so many memes that come out. It's like when when the like when the quarterback for the Pro Bowl right opens up his playbook, and he's like, what is this? Right? Yeah. I mean, it's gonna be so. I mean, I guess it kind of fits a Pro Bowl perfectly because it's not too complicated, so everybody can learn the playbook real quick. <laughs> yeah. So. But yeah, I think that Jason Garrett said on the radio today that they don't see, they haven't discussed changes. They they don't envision them moving from Scotland Hand. I hope and dream and pray that that just is because he doesn't want to fire the coach and say, "Hey, come coach with the Pro Bowl with me." Right? That might cause yeah. some tension. And he's, Jason Garrett's been known as kind of a politically correct, you know, kind of a um, you won't get many sound bites out of him type of guy. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I think that's just lip service. I think. It doesn't even matter what Jason Garrett says. <laughs> it's what Jerry Jones says. And so, but yeah, Scott Linehan can go. And who knows with Chris Richard. Chris Richard, lose, are we going to make him our defensive coordinator? I mean, there's Rod Marinelli said he doesn't envision him retiring. But that's that would be a huge loss if the Cowboys lose Chris Richard. Oh, yeah, for sure. 
You know, and what do you think about the talks of Jason Garrett's contract extension? I'm fine with it. I've come. I've been back and forth. I mean, early in the season, I was, yeah, I was yelling for yeah. I think Jason all to get fired. was right, and but he's not going to get fired. He had three playoff appearances in these last five years. He's the three coming back from a three and five record to make the playoffs and win a playoff game. That deserves praise. That takes leadership. And all the players, they all talk about it. They, you never hear any players bashing Jason Garrett. If anything, they've bashed the play calling offensively, which is not mm-hmm. Jason Garrett's, like, that's not what he does. Um, he's kind of just like the captain on a pirate ship. Yeah. You know, he just sits back from afar and lets his second mates do everything. Yeah. And, as, and Jason Garrett does get credit for this season. You know, maybe some people don't want to hear that, but you have to give Jason Garrett some credit. You know, fighting back from a 3-5, and five, you know, first eight weeks is not an easy thing to do. From then on, it was a playoff game every week. And this Cowboys team and organization buckled down and really proved, you know, we're here. It's, yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, all the players buy into Jason Garrett. They all like him. He's he's a player's coach in a way, you know. They they love Jason Garrett. But, so yeah, I, I'll i be fine. If, if I see the headline after we finish this podcast, Jason Garrett extended two years, three years, I'll be fine. I obviously, I don't want it to be like a five-year deal, right? I don't like a lot of coaches with like big, like the John Gruden's getting a ten-year deal. Like oh, I hate, yeah, I hate no. that, right? So much stuff can go bad, and then you're, you have your ankles tied to a bowling ball, and you're falling in the sea, right? So you don't want to t- attach yourself too much to a player. Same with I mean, quarterbacks, Dak Prescott. I want him to get paid, and I think he deserves good money, batting like like thirty-two million. Like there's a certain limit to where he's yeah. not as useful as that contract entails so yeah once we get to the nfc championship you know and maybe dax contracts up by then then we can give him a little bit you know bigger of a contract but at this point we need to see the cowboys go to an nfc championship for big you know some big money contracts i i don't doubt demarcus lawrence you know he's going to get paid either with the cowboys or somewhere else uh you know ezekiel elliott uh, i have a feeling he's big i the Jerry Jones said on 105.3 The Fan today that DeMarcus Lawrence is our number one priority this offseason. Yes. And that rightfully so. He's been dominant. He had double-digit sacks again. He's become even a better run defender this year while suffering through a bad shoulder injury. Mm-hmm. And he's brought the defensive line together. He's going to get his money with the Cowboys, I believe. I, I would say 95% certainty. Yeah, I hope it's with the Cowboys. You can bet on that sure. happening. Yeah. So, yeah, the offseason... Fire Scott Linehan. This is the best thing that can happen. Fire Scott Linehan, replace him with someone competent. Um, we'll get into those names later in our series. Add weapons around Dak Prescott. You know, if if Dak is your franchise guy, you have to continue to build around. the The way that you take a team to the Super Bowl is you don't say, "Okay, we have our franchise quarterback." Now it's working on our defense. You have to give your franchise quarterback. Then you have to optimize what he can put on the field. You have to surround himself with stars. You got Ben Roethlisberger. He's a franchise quarterback. They already had Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster last year playing at a great level, and they drafted in the second round James Washington, or mm-hmm. second or third, first through third round yeah. James Washington, right? A big name wide receiver, and so it, I always am for adding receivers, and even if they don't like become a star, just competition in that room just it, it gets the better out of everyone. Yeah, makes them play at a higher level, you know. Yeah. Now, to all our listeners, if you head over to Dallas Football News and sign up for our newsletter, you will receive a promo code for 10% off all items in the shop. 
We have a number of cool products. My favorite is the one with Jared Jones's face with sunglasses on, and under it's the caption, Jera. Check it out. Once again, all you have to do is go to Dallas Football News and sign up for our newsletter, and you'll get a promo code for 10% off all of our items. That link will be in the description below. That is all we have for you today. And stay tuned. Even though the season's over, we're not going to be done. We're going to keep on getting these podcasts out every week, talking about off-season acquisitions, um, player f- coach firings. There's me. This me a, a drama packed off season. I, I'm excited for it. How are you excited for it, Avery? I'm really excited. I'm I'm looking forward to you know Super Bowl of course, and then the drafting. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to the Super Bowl now that I know the Eagles will not be in. Yeah, that that actually helped me a little bit. <laughs> if the actually Eagles are getting in, I would be mad. Anyways, thank you for listening. This is Sundays are for the boys.